turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. I'm going to read five verses there, and then we're going to jump over to John's Gospel. 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, and Paul is admonishing the New Testament Christians to be very careful of their election and uh, be very careful to examine themselves and to make sure that they're in the faith. And the reason he's doing that is because he's going back into Old Testament history. And Old Testament history is filled with types and shadows and lessons for us in the New Testament. What happened back there literally was a shadow, a type of what is expected of us spiritually in the New Testament. And for those who may say, well, the Old Testament is history, the Old Testament, you know, it's not for us today. The Old Testament is the foundation of the New Testament. And it teaches us many wonderful things and gives us many wonderful types that helps us to understand our walk with God. But I want you to listen to the warning that Paul gives to the Corinthians. Verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 10 the 10th chapter, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant. He's talking to the church and the brethren of the ignorant. Have you ever seen a time where there was so much ignorance in our culture? in our institutions, in the lives of our leaders. We're living in a very, very dangerous time. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. They all got delivered. They all came through the Red Sea. God wonderfully delivered them. And they were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. Now listen, but with many of them God was not well pleased For they were overthrown in the wilderness. God wonderfully delivered them. Did what nobody else could do. Delivered them from Egyptian bondage. 430 years. And they were delivered. But they were not free. They were not quite free. This weekend being the 4th of July and America celebrating its freedom and its liberty from England and from man rule, I thought I'd preach to you a little bit about what real freedom really is. God has ordained for all of his children 
And the other scripture that I wanted to call your attention to, you all know it, John 8. Um, John, let's see, John 8, 36. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. If the Son, if Jesus Christ, he's the only one that can set humankind free. There is no other source of true freedom in the whole world except it come through Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Therefore, whom the Son sets free will be free indeed. God has ordained for all of his children to walk through the proving grounds of life. The grapes must be trodden in the press to get the wine. The gold must go into the fire for purification. And when it is found to be pure gold, it's approved and improved. When Jesus launched his ministry, he came up to be baptized by John the Baptist. And when John saw him, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus had to insist that he need to be baptized to fulfill the law. And the Spirit, immediately after Jesus was baptized, and the Spirit of God fell on him like a dove, and God spoke out of heaven, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Okay, you got the calling, you got delivered, now you have the Holy Spirit. The Spirit led him directly into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. What am I saying? I am saying there is a proving ground. There is a testing ground. There are experiences and seasons that we go through when once we are delivered, but deliverance is not completely freedom. What is Paul teaching us in the text? He's teaching us that deliverance is not freedom. The crown of life is not given, us, given to us on a silver platter. Freedom in Christ is something that we must fight for. Why do you think the apostle Paul told us to put on the whole armor of God? Why do you think he went through a whole list uh, of armor that every child of God needs to put on? The breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, taking the sword of the Spirit, because Christianity is not a walk in the park. We've got demons. We've got all kinds of opposition out there that is working against us to overcome sin, Satan, and the world. And unless we put the armor on, we will not be equipped to win the battle. And of course, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God. True freedom opens a door of warfare. 
for every one of us. And what Paul is teaching us is if we mismanage our deliverance, God will leave us in the wilderness. The crown of life is not given to us on a silver platter. I'm repeating. Look at the Old Testament types. The Christian, the children of Israel, were wonderfully delivered from Egyptian bondage, and they crossed the Red Sea. And that is a type of our New Testament salvation and deliverance. Then entering into the wilderness is a type of the carnal Christian in his walk with God and his inconsistencies and unwillingness to deny himself and take up his cross and follow the Lord and leaving the wilderness to enter into warfare with the Canaanites speaks of a warfare in which we are called to overcome today sin, Satan, the flesh, and the world. Only the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. But once we walk through that doorway of deliverance, our freedom becomes the delegated release of authority to be responsible for governing and managing our own lives under the influence and the auspice of the Word and the Spirit. In plain English, when you get free, the first thing you've got to do to stay free is deny yourself. You can't go through life having it your way. It now becomes a lifestyle of, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Jesus went through his Gethsemane. He had to bring his body under. He prayed several times for Jesus to take this thing away from him. But at the end, he said, nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Freedom demands we do the right thing in God's eyes. Period. Real freedom is the power to choose between God and the devil, right and wrong, good and evil. Here's what's really happening in the lives of millions and millions upon, uh, of people today in America. Listen to the indictment that Jesus gave to his generation of religious and political leaders. He said, and this is one of the the most frightening verses in the word of God, and yet it's so filled with wisdom. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 23, the Sermon on the Mount, he said, if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? And when I see on the news millions of people marching in our streets, um, carrying all kinds of vulgar, sin, uh, vulgar signs, uh, just in a riotous mood, uh, and I see them holding up signs uh, and, and trying to convince anybody that they're right and for their freedoms are being taken away. And America is filled with a nation of people today 
who don't understand that the light, the understanding that's in them, if it's darkness, and it is, then how great is that darkness? It's a darkness that can be felt. Can you feel it? It's a darkness that's deeply disturbing. It's a darkness in which many institutions today in America are trying to put a legal spin on freedoms which God's word strongly condemns. And the sad truth is, outside of God, there is no freedom. Outside of God, there is no true foundation to stabilize the masses. That's why we are an exhausted society of copycats and wannabes who's, who's, uh, who, who chase every foul wind and fad and fancies and trends and every red style, every weird style that comes down the pike. Why are we seeing? Have you ever stopped to think about this? Why are we seeing such a disarray of bizarre human behavior in America's these days? Because people in America are forgetting God. They are losing their identity. God says in Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. That's what God wanted for us. That speaks of all the holy characteristics and virtues of godliness that God ordained to be imparted to us today. But look at God's creation today. By the millions, by the millions, they have lost sight of their identity. What are you talking about? God created us in God's image, in God's likeness, a holy character, a, a, a goodness, a kindness, a love. God created us to be normal in the way that he created us. But we've rejected God. And when we rejected God, Everybody that rejected God is now losing their identity. They don't know anymore the difference between male and female. Do you understand? They don't even know anymore whether they're a woman or a man. And coming up with all these stupid pronouns. And then referring to men in such a way uh, as to imply that he might be pregnant. Why do you think people are looking so weird today? Why do you think they're disfiguring their appearance today? They're looking for something. Why do you think they're following this hero and that hero? And they're trying to be like this one and that one. They've lost their identity. And when you lose your identity, you're going to lose your way. And it's heartbreaking. 
It's heartbreaking. It's very disturbing to me to walk into a Walmart or a Home Depot or a restaurant and see all this disarray of humanity trying to be like this, trying to look like that, trying to talk like this one. They've lost sight of their identity. They no longer know who they are or what they are. They lost sight of their parental roles. They've lost sight of normal behavior. They lost sight of their love for one another. They are killing one another at will. They have lost sight of reverence and respect for one another. They have lost their civility for mankind. Look at Romans, the first chapter. You won't hear that on any late night news channel being read. Romans, the first chapter, with all these issues, all these changes, all these things that are going on under the name of freedom, and they're not freedom at all, they're rank bondage. Why doesn't somebody pick up a Bible and read Romans, the first chapter? I heard one conservative man, he had it right. He said, the minorities in this country are nothing but lab rats for the Democrats. Paul tells us what happened in his day to people who had no love for the truth. He said, because they received not the love of the truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Because they received not the love of the truth, what kind of truth? The kind of truth that saves you. Because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie and be damned. Listen to what Shakespeare said. Men are as the time is. We've never seen it so clearly as we're seeing it today. Men are as the time is. In other words, most cultures all do what is done. They fall in step with those around them, are swept along by the currents of fashion, trends, customs, and thoughts of their generation. Let me tell you something. It may look cute to parents to cause their children to look abnormal or disarray in such a way that they start straying away from what is normal. It's not cute. Behind all that's going on in America today is a spirit and it's the devil trying to beat down humili- uh, the humanity and disfigure them in such a way that they look like anything but God. And here parents come along, oh, this is a little cute, let's do this and let's do that and let's dress them like this and let's dress them like that. You don't know you're flirting with the devil. 
ignorance. The key to freedom, the only key to freedom, is knowledge. And the key to knowledge is truth. And Jesus said in our text, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. This is true freedom, folks. Man has many enemies. Sin, Satan, the world, and the flesh. But one of the greatest enemies is ignorance. How many people you know? How many Catholics, Protestants, church, how many people go to church? They act no different than the world. They got the same habits of the world. They use the Lord's name in vain, just like a lot of people do in the world. And yet, because somebody pinned a religious label on them, the first thing they'll let you know is, I'm saved. Ignorance is one of our greatest enemies in America today. And it goes from the White House down to the whorehouses. Ignorance. We see this ignorance in American Christianity. We see it everywhere, in its politics, in its academia institutions, its medias. We see it everywhere, and it's sickening. It's nauseating. Ignorance is the cause of almost all the destruction and heartache in the world. Let me give you a a light example. We blame so many things on the devil. You know, the devil gets blamed for everything. When a good part of the time, he ain't got anything to do with it. And when we blame things on the devil, and we blame so many things on the devil, remember the saying, the devil made me do it, the devil made me do it. When you start blame the game, then you become irresponsible. We all eat the wrong things, get sick, and then spend all day rebuking this sick demon and this sick disease. It's ignorant. Hosea said, God's people are destroyed for lack of what kind of knowledge? Was Hosea speaking about intellectual knowledge or scientific or medical or street knowledge or musical knowledge or, or, or chimney corner knowledge? No. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God, I will also forget thy children. Any knowledge short of knowing God is the vanity of vanities. All is vanities. And and Hosea says in that same, same verse that I have no priest 
to warn them. In the Old Testament, the priest was the go-between between God and the people. And the priest is the one that brought God's word to the people. And the prophet saying through God, there's no priest, I have no priest anymore to, to, to say the things that need to be said. You know, Jesus made a dynamite statement that kind of cleans everything up. He said, what shall it profit a man if he gained the whole world? But doesn't have the knowledge to save his soul. He can gain the whole world. Have all kinds of secular knowledge. But if he hasn't made peace with God, what profit is it to him? We've got great books. My library is full of books. I could be a whole lot smarter if I just took the time to read them. But we've got great books in our libraries at home. We've got uh, seminar outlines, learning videos, cassettes. And 99% of the information that we really need to learn, to, 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 to to learn more than anything else, is the Bibles that we buy. But purchasing and buying information doesn't give us revelation if we don't buy into it, if we don't look into it, if we don't digest it. Buying information, and that's a good thing, but just making the purchase doesn't give you or grant you revelation until we read it, seek it, and absorb it. Otherwise, our ignorance is still our decision. That's why Jeremiah 29, 13, one of my very favorite verses And ye shall seek me and shall find me when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. All America has to do to get out of this darkness and all of this quagmire of sin is read and let what they read out of the Bible to come into their heart And God will change the picture overnight. I used to think that college professors and politicians were some of the smartest people in the world till I got saved. 
and started to compare what the Word of God says with what the professor says or what the politicians say. And I realized how intellectually challenged some of the smartest in the people have become. Jesus got it right. It wasn't knowledge that makes people smart. There's so much knowledge out there. You can ask the internet anything. How do you get duct tape off the floor? I did the other day. I couldn't get it up. I called Google and Google said, put the goof on it or whatever it's called. Spray the goof on What is it? Goof, goof, yeah. And so I said, this isn't going to work. And I sprayed it and sprayed it and sprayed it. And I walked away for a few minutes, came back, took a putty knife. It was like lifting butter. Whoop, whoop. I no longer have to be dumb. And I thank God for it. The internet, Google, all these outlets, these media. They are genius. They are wonderful things that can aid and abet humanity in a better quality of life. And yet every time I look something up, how to spell a word even, how to get the meaning of a word, my phone looks back at me, and I got raw pornography. Jumped in. You ever had that happen? Happens all the time. I got to spray goof off on my phone. That's what I need to do. I'm closing. Yeah, that's right. Jesus said, you shall know the truth. What truth? This is the only truth. This is the only truth that will set your soul and my soul free. This is the only truth that will get our children, our grandchildren, and our families into God's heaven. Ye shall know the truth. There's so much out there to know, and there's nothing wrong with the knowledge that's out there as long as it's not vulgar. But that won't get you to heaven. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You know what's happening in this country? It's dangerous to learn the wrong things well. But here's the real truth about freedom. Unless you are living, walking, talking, thinking, and acting according to the commands of God's word, no matter if you gain the whole world, you are not free. 
Can we understand now how some of the most dangerous people we can meet are those who have a zeal but not according to knowledge? Leaders like this have left in their paths untold heartaches and miseries for millions upon millions of people, but God is still counting and he still sees every sin. Look at the dark ages. Look at the crusaders who because of their religious ignorance have killed millions upon millions upon millions of people through the dark ages and into the Protestant era, the 30, Protestant 30-year 30 war. Eight million people were slaughtered. They took the sword and they destroyed them because they thought they were doing the right thing. Ignorance is the most dangerous thing that can happen to people, and especially people in high places. Legalism today has also slaughtered its millions of believers with its erroneous standards and doctrines of devils. That's why Jesus said the knowledge of the truth shall set us free, not just knowledge. Nothing can be rightly known if God be not known. And when we took God and prayer out of our schools and when we separated church and state, we took away from our children, adults, their only true defense against sin, Satan, and the world. We fed our children to the lions. First Peter said, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom we may devour. Take this book out of the lives of American society, American culture, American homes, and you've turned your family over to demons. We fed our children to the lions too much. Court's decisions and legalization of sin and ungodliness have walked our last two or three generations right into the arms of demons. And the whole time they are boasting of their freedoms, demons are walking American families and our generations right into the pits of hell. There's something that came to my attention. It gives us a little idea of how people think of God. This boy came home and he told his father, he said, Dad, you're probably going to get a note from my teacher. And the father looked at him and said, why? He said, well, I was going through the lunch line and I saw a bowl of apples and the sign said, just one apple, God is watching. And he said, then further down the lunch line, I saw a bowl of cookies with no sign. So I wrote a little note and put it in the cookie bowl. Take all the cookies you want. God's watching the apples. <laughs> oh, God's too loving to send anybody to hell. This relationship can't be wrong. We love one another. 
pure ignorance. I'm closing with this. Sherm, you can come. This is a record. Come quick before the clock moves any further. A little boy's grandfather died, and the boy started to cry and went out in the hallway. And his pastor was there, and he walked over to comfort the boy, and he said, Son, your grandpa was a fine Christian, and you're going to see him in heaven one day. And the boy said, Preacher, how far is it to heaven? The preacher said, put your hand on your heart. And the little boy put his hand on his heart. And the preacher said, what do you feel? And the boy said, I feel my heart beat. And the pastor said, son, heaven is just one heartbeat away. And sadly, so is hell. I want to ask you as I close, are you really free this morning? Are you really free? Are you truly saved today? Can you say from your heart, yes, I'm absolutely positively sure about it. That's why the Bible said, make your calling and election sure. If you're not free this morning, the good news is you can be. You're only a little speck of knowledge away from being set free. You're one simple decision away from being set free. George was talking about all that he got into when he was in sin. And I thought of my own testimony, George. I'd go out on Friday and Saturday night, carry on, destroying my mind, destroying my body. And every night I went out and partied, I'd come home and sit on the side of my bed and I'd be psychologically slain with the thought that my life is empty. I really didn't get my money's worth. I really didn't get a long satisfaction from sin. And the Bible reminded me that there's only pleasure in sin for the moment. And if it were really fulfilling, 
You wouldn't have to go back to the booze and back to the drugs and back to the cigarettes and back to this and back to that. That's the deceitfulness of sin. Keeps dangling the hot dog in front of you and you keep chasing it and chasing it thinking that the moment's going to come when you're going to finally reach fulfillment and satisfaction. And when that one heartbeat calls you away from this world, you're instantly going to be like the rich man who lifted up his eyes in hell. If you're not free this morning, and the only one that can free you, free me, free anybody, is Jesus Christ, whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. Hey, if you're not free, why don't you ask God to set you free this morning? I'm going to ask you to stand. Sherman's going to sing a verse and we're going to let you go. Anybody here need to be free? Anybody here need to get closer to God? I told you six, eight, nine months ago, I called my family. I called my brothers, my sisters, my nephews. I said, get your house in order. Get everything cleared out between you and your Savior. We're seeing the signs. We're seeing judgment move in on America. We're seeing what happens when God's people forget God. All nations are turned into hell. You've got to get into the ark before it's too late. And I've had to plead with my family. I'm not in Florida. I'm not in New York. I can't be here. I can't be there. But I don't want to see any of you leave this world without God. Without the certainty that you're free. Oh, what a freedom. Oh, what a wonderful freedom is ours in Christ Jesus. If you're here, and you're not quite free. I'm going to ask you to get free this morning. It's a gift.